Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. It's Alex and Ryan here today um, talking NBA Finals, NBA Draft. That's it. That's the, those are the things. Um, this is the third time we've recorded this intro. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to the joke I prepared. Alex, the finals, Suns Bucks, uh, it's it's a disaster. The NBA's in shambles. The league's going to probably fold because who would ever watch a finals uh, for Phoenix and Milwaukee? Yeah, right. So, you know, the and I think this is going to be my third different response to the same question, but have you seen like they've they've kind of come out with like you know ratings comparisons and everything and which is great you know whatever i i don't like ratings talk but i i do think it's like silly that we're trying to compare this year's playoff ratings to last year's playoff ratings considering how different like that was literally going on like around football season and just like in the weirdest possible scenario so i don't think comparing this fine this playoffs this finals to last year is even remotely comparable but um about the series i think the series has been really fun you know i think that the the first two games phoenix kind of showed like why they were there you know why they had you know they had beaten a bunch of injured teams but they had looked good doing it and they they were doing that against the bucks um and then in games two and three Giannis has kind of just kind of exerted his ridiculous physical gifts and he is you know just been a dominant force to watch yeah absolutely um i've of late been a Giannis pessimist in terms of uh, what i think his role could be in the playoffs and i think he's really pushed past what i thought was possible for him he's um you know he's playing in a way that no one's ever really played before. I mean, putting up stats that really only Shaq has before um, and playing in a way that's completely different than the way Shaq did it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's always been that kind of like, oh, he's the modern day Shaq. You know, there's mm -hmm. been that talk for a while and it just hasn't really shown up in the biggest moments of, of basketball. You know, playoff basketball just has not shown up, but it finally is. You know, there are there have been times the last two games where it's just like, I think your best plan is to just foul this guy. You know, yeah. like really, like you know, if, you know, Aiton got in foul trouble last game. You know, which he can't get into foul trouble. Like that's the thing, right? Because he's like the only guy that can even remotely try to match up physically with Giannis, but. Um, and now, especially without Dario Saric, I think that's a big loss for Phoenix. So that yeah. was, they're going to figure that out because they do have a Frank Kaminsky problem. Yeah. Right now. I, I, look, we won't get it twisted. The official position of the Oklahoma drill is that Dario Saric is a much better player than Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> yeah. Very, you know, we always come with the hot takes on the Oklahoma drill, and that's our, that's our latest one. But, um, yeah, but overall, I mean, as far as the series goes, like I think it's probably going to go seven, um, and I I would pick I would pick Phoenix just because, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have they could have a game seven on their home court. They've been great at home the entire playoffs, and they have Chris Paul. And if it's a close game, I think you probably favor Chris Paul over any of the, you know, kind of doofuses that are running the Milwaukee Bucks offense outside of Giannis, like. Drew Holiday is my goodness. Like, okay, that that's a question I have. Like, mm -hmm. 
has your opinion of Drew Holiday just like completely changed based on the the way he's played in these playoffs? Um, man, tell me how yours has changed. I guess. Well, I I guess to me, like I just I thought the guy would at least like shoot well, right? You know? Like you know, it, but he is seemingly just totally kind of collapsed and like there's no with him I guess the big thing with him offensively is that his his game is so centered around jump shots that if they're not going in he just looks bad offensively and you know Middleton's the same way Um, so when those guys aren't making shots they look kind of dumb out there on offense but I think that's valid I think with with Drew I just I don't know I just trusted him more go before this this playoff started than I than I do at this point. You know, I'm not saying he's Eric Bledsoe bad, but he's had some very Eric Bledsoe games um, in this playoff run. So uh, obviously he's still a good defender. Like I'm not right. you know, knocking his defense, but man, I, I thought he would provide them with a little bit more offensive punch. And it's just been, it's been shaky to say the least. I think that's, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I do remember um, there was a time when uh, you are, um, and maybe you, I don't think you take this back. Um, but there definitely was a time when you argued, I think in 2018 that he should have been an all NBA player instead of Russ. Yeah. Well, I mean, was Russ good in 2018? Like, (laughs) right. Like, so, I mean, I I wouldn't take it back. I really wouldn't. And I, I think that the overall, thing with drew you know as as opposed to russ is that like he isn't going to dominate your entire team you know and he is an effective player most of the time he just has had just a particularly bad shooting playoffs you know it's been pretty incredible but you know i i'm interested to see like really they need like two or three games from him coming up for him to play well um i think you know he was he was reasonably good last game so if he can get two, probably two more games like that, that they can win, and Giannis keeps dominating the way he is, like they could win this series, you know. But yeah. um, I just, I don't know. I just thought he was a more reliable player than um, no, I think than he fair. has shown to be. But and like it's it's obvious, like that dude was not worth the picks that they gave oh, up no. to get him. No, absolutely not. And we yeah. knew that at the time, right? right. That was an overpay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like put. I mean, maybe the personality wouldn't work, but like, can you imagine Chris Paul on this Bucks team? Oh, it'd be incredible. Yeah, like that. I don't really know what you do with a Chris Paul Giannis pick and roll. Yeah, I I don't either. You know, like that team is a team that I think could have competed with the Nets if the Nets hadn't gotten everybody hurt. You know, but yeah. you know, luckily, I mean, for both of these teams, they've been incredibly lucky. I guess one of the things I do want to talk about with the finals before we really talk draft and it can kind of work as a, you know, segue, but there's been a lot of talk about how teams are built, you know, recently and talking about how there's going to be teams look at what happened to the Bucks this year, what happened to Phoenix this year, and they're going to think, oh, we, we could do that. You know what I mean? And I guess my thing is just like, that would be really stupid if your team looks at what the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns did in this playoff run and thinks that like, yeah, let's do that. Like 
don't that just seems like a ridiculous concept for building a team in my opinion yeah um yeah i agree um do we have any other thoughts about the finals how do we feel about the suns you know again like they're they're fine like they're a good basketball team and i think they're really well put together they're not a championship caliber team on a normal situation but like you know this year you didn't have to be so good for them they're healthy for the most part obviously they lost dario saric um mm-hmm. who is is better than frank kaminsky um and so you know i i, I still think they're going to win the finals you know so obviously i think they're a good team Devin Booker's got to play better than he did last game. Yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty bad. Um, Cam Johnson, could, like I didn't know that that human being could do what he did to PJ Tucker. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, that that was even possible. That was incredible to yeah. watch. It's um, it's kind of astonishing how many guys in the NBA can just uncork one like that. Right, dude. The knock on Cam Johnson coming out of college was. He's a horrific athlete. Yeah. <laughs> like, he cannot move defensively, which has just turned out to be untrue. Mm-hmm. And he he can only shoot on offense, you know, which is why everybody freaked out when they took him 11, including me. I thought right. it was a stupid pick. I hated pick. that pick for him. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a weird, dumb win-now pick for a team that wasn't ready. Right. Um, and I he's guess. turned out to be great. Yeah. He's older than Devin Booker somehow, but he's turned out to be great. Yeah. You know, but yeah. anyways, so let, let's let's get over to the draft okay. a little bit because I, I don't know if you've heard that the Thunder, they have some picks in this upcoming draft. And I, I know we talked on the last pod that they are not the picks that we wanted. Um, but I've, I've come to accept where we are, and I think it's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I think this one thing I think this and this was definitely like um, – one a part of the stages of grief going through this, I think this draft is super interesting in the yeah, I, in its depths. I think there are a lot of really interesting players that I would like to see on the Thunder on this team, even outside of the top five. That is really more of a top like four, and it's maybe really a top two. Um, <laughs> I might I might disagree with you there, but I, I definitely think top four is is the reality of the situation. Um, It would have been nice, you know, like if you, if you do miss out on four, it would have been nice to get the first pick after that group of guys. Right. right. But as it stands, it's kind of interesting because, you know, there is that top four. Then there's probably two guys that everybody accepts as like the next tier. Yeah. And then there's like a drop off. And most people agree that like seven to like 22 is pretty flat. Yeah. You know, like there are yeah. definitely guys that we that we like more than others within that group, but those guys could go pretty much anywhere in that range, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. So it is interesting for the Thunder to be at six because they have the luxury of just kind of like, you know, barring a trade of some sort, they get to just take the guy that falls to them, which is not always the worst place to be. You no. know, it kind of no. It protects you from like you know no one's gonna blame you for taking the sixth guy at right. number six you know like that won't be an issue if Jonathan Kaminga is at six and he sucks which he very well could you know people are gonna be like yeah it was the right pick you know if it's Scotty Barnes they're gonna be like, yeah it was the right pick so um, 
it is a good it, it is honestly a pretty good place to be from that standpoint um you know with sam presti i would have liked to have him be able to make a make a more of a choice in that situation right. but um you know i i agree i have kind of accepted that this you know this is just where we are and you know there we can probably and i think the reality when you look at it the guy that we get at six should be the best prospect on the team other than Shea Gilgis Alexander moving forward. You know, he should be that. Yeah. You know, I think there's, um, barring the astonishing leap that Poku is going to take. Um, cause I mean, he's not, he's not with the Serb, he's not with Serbia. So he's just in the gym grinding. He needs to be, be throwing up some weights. If yeah. You know, if he can put on some weight. Yeah. I'm, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and if the guy is not, if if Poku turns out better than the guy we get at six, yeah, I hope that great. that is because yeah. Poku has taken that step, and that would be wonderful. That would be fantastic if Poku did that. Yeah. So, um, speaking of like the top five or whatever, can I just say Tankathon's big board is like the most galaxy brain shit I have ever seen. Do you oh, know yeah. what their? I'm just gonna read their order here. Yeah, they have. Number one, Jalen Suggs. Number two, Evan Mobley. Number three, Cade Cunningham. Number four, Jalen Green. Number five, Alperen Shangun. Wow. Number six, Scotty Barnes. Number seven, Jonathan Kaminga. Who does their draft? I honestly I have no idea. I don't ever go on Tankathon for anything other than the draft sims. Like I have other other big boards that I look at, but. I mean, Jalen Suggs at one and Mobley at two is a wild take. Like, yeah. Having both of those guys over Cade, like I'm not – like it's definitely not impossible that it turns out that way. But the person that made that big board is like they, uh, they're they shooting their shot here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're either going to look really smart or pretty stupid here in a few years. But um, so, yeah, that's one of the things that I've, I've been kind of thinking as I've, you know, I've definitely – taking a lot of deep dives into the the prospects in this draft you know as as i'm sure most thunder not most but a lot of thunder fans have done um and there are things about every guy that like kind of scares the hell out of me you know if i'm being honest you know so i i do and i we talked about this earlier today and i think we're both really for the first time finding ourselves a little bit skeptical of Cade cunningham i believe i think we're you know, becoming Cade skeptics. Now, full transparency here. If OKC had the number one pick, I don't think you, you would take Cade. Yeah, we would you we would, would still Cade. like them yeah. to take Cade and we would probably be all in. We'd probably love him to death. But where we are, you know, and the fact that Oklahoma City conceivably, you know, they could make a trade to get a high pick, I'm still looking at these guys and there are some scary things about Cade, if I'm being honest. You know, there is the idea of, you know, I've watching Chris Middleton in mm-hmm. the playoffs has kind of moderately concerned me with Cade. And the reason is because, you know, mostly what Cade did this year at Oklahoma State was he shot the shit out of the ball. You know, he was fantastic shooting the basketball. Um, but I am concerned about his handle. I am concerned about his burst to, like, get around guys. Yeah. Um, and to actually penetrate, you know, maybe that's unfounded. Maybe he did wasn't able to do that because the spacing at OSU sucked. 
Um, and it was like an illusion, you know, and, you know, we know from watching the league that you don't need ridiculous athleticism to drive and be really effective in, in penetration. So, um, how do you feel about Cade's overall offensive game? Um, I mean, the shooting this year was incredible. It's worth pointing out that the shooting coming into college was the question mark with Cade. Right. It definitely was. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we're looking at something that is not like a microscopic sample size. It's a whole season where he was incredible. Um, that probably isn't a fluke, but worth considering. Um, I am concerned about his ability to beat his man. Um, and w- and when it comes to like Cade skepticism for the two of us, like I think the thing it revolves around is basically like, would you trade Shea for Cade? <laughs> Um, which is a thing that has been discussed endlessly um, for us um, on the internet. The Athletic put out the article um, proposing like Shea and Six for Cade. Um, and I, th- I do think like Cade's difficulty off the dribble, um, his burst to get around a guy. Um, I do like, I think it, I'm evaluating it more harshly than I would otherwise, because I think Kate like Shay is maybe one of uh, the top five people in the league at doing that right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Shay led the league in drives this year, you know, when he played drives per game and it is worth noting, like, you know, was that one of Shay's strong suits coming into the league? Was he's this ridiculous athlete that was beating everyone off the dribble? No, he wasn't. No, you know, you're right. like he wasn't even that as a rookie. So it's not impossible that Cade gets a lot better in that scenario. And he doesn't even have to be like amazing like Shea is. You know, he is he's bigger than Shea, he's much stronger, he's a better passer. Like he has other skills that can really help him become a really great offensive player. But yeah, I do worry my worry with, with Cade is that like he is this guy that relies too much on jump shots. You know, like if I've I've watched, you know, that's been a big thing in the playoffs this year. You know, like Chris Middleton, guys like Paul George, some games that they have that are they look just like, why are they not playing well tonight? It's it's because they're not getting their rhythm because they're only taking jump shots and they just don't fall. You know, and Paul George, once Kawhi got hurt, Paul George was like, well, shit, I have to go to the rim now. And so he did. And he played a lot better after that. So. You know, if, if Cade doesn't have that option, it is concerning to me um, because they'll have to find other ways to do it. Maybe maybe he becomes like a super great post player. Who knows? Um, but that is worth, I think, a, a mention in terms of, I, you know, he's not just this like transcendent slam dunk pick that maybe I know for at least part of the season I thought he might be, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Just, yeah to clar- just to clarify, I wouldn't trade. Shea and six for Cade. I wouldn't trade Shea for Cade straight up. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'm at at this point too. You know, I think that Cade, I mean, Shea has shown so much this past year. And I went back and watched a lot of him, you know, like maybe yesterday even. And I was like, holy shit, like this guy, the things he did this year were, were not worth you know, I, I spent a lot of this year being like kind of annoyed because he was going off and helping us win at times. Mm-hmm. But if you like go back and watch, like it's like, oh, this this guy's pretty special, 
Yeah. Like he was amazing on a team that offensively was goddamn terrible. Like no help out there. Um, And, you know, we like he still was playing like on that end in a way that's really only comparable to guys like Luca, Trey and Harden. Um, Which is insane. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm definitely – I'm at the point where it's like, you know, people are talking about Shea. You know, I think a lot of the, the proposed trades with Shea are like timeline issues. You know, yeah. they're like, okay, see, pushing the – you know, pushing it down the road a little bit so they can use all of this draft capital and have the timelines line up perfectly. I'm at the point where I'm like, Shea is the timeline. Yeah. You know, like unless we – unless – we get a ridiculous offer, um, then you know. I think you just you just make Shea the guy, and you build around that guy, you know. And I think that if you do that, hopefully you find a guy that can be just as good as him to do that with. That would be great because I still am not like I'm not saying we're going to win championships with Shea as our best player. I'm not at that point. Um, but yeah, you don't get rid of that guy when you have him. Essentially, you know. Um, so yeah, how do how do we? What are our concerns about Evan Mobley? Ah, uh, he's a center. Um, <laughs> he's a center. Yeah. I, I like. I was, my reality is, I think Mobley is great. Um, I think he is uh, astonishingly fluid, big-bodied guy. Um, I mean, I say big body. He's got some filling out to do. Um, he's got a great feel for the game. Just a little on both ends, and he's huge. Like. Right. That's like that's the that's the pitch for Mobley, and maybe he'll learn to shoot it. Like there are signs that that could happen. I think you will, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Um, yeah. But he's a center, um, and I don't <laughs> want to take a center with the number two pick, um, and I don't think the Rockets will want to either. Yeah, it really seems like they like. I mean, there's there was the trade for Cade thing today that they're that was being pushed, but it really seems like they like Jalen Green um, a lot, which you know I'm 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 there I'm there for that. So with Evan Mobley, to me, like my biggest concern is just like it's almost a mentality thing, you know. And I I'm not a huge like you know I don't like overanalyzing guys' mentality, um, but I I do get concerned when there are times when I don't notice a guy on the court yeah. especially you know offensively you know he he was pretty noticeable defensively all year like which is fantastic that's what you want but um you know there are times where he was floating a little bit offensively and that to me like if you're gonna be a center that's gonna be a superstar you have to just be like a son of a bitch that like wants to kill everybody right. honestly you know like joel Embiid, like that dude's an asshole that lives to embarrass the other team Nikola Jokic is an asshole that lives to embarrass the other team. Like all of these like ridiculous centers in the league right now are asses that like they're that's kind of one of their main kind of attributes, you know, and I'm not sure that that's where Evan Mobley is. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe you can he's young. I'm not saying you can't develop that, but it's not necessarily something that he has shown at this point in his career. So that's that to me is the biggest thing. Like I I think his players can be really good. I guess another concern I could have is that like he goes to a team that like 
thinks like really wants to make him a four full time, and that would yeah, be kind of like dumb. Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, yeah, like the Cavs, where he goes and plays with Jared Allen, like that would be stupid. Yeah, I think, but he would still be good. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, defensively, he'd be great. Um, yeah, the the uh, talking about mentality, I do think that's exacerbated by the fact that like he should play five. Right. Uh, because he does have weight to put on. Like he's gonna get yeah. pushed around, and you need to, like so he needs to be assertive and be ready for that. And if he fades, then it's gonna look really bad against the bigger guys in the league. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent. How about how do we feel about Jalen Green? Um, I think Jalen Green's gonna be good. Um, yeah. It's really funny to me that, like, I think he is the guy that I am most confident in this top group that's going to be, like, a really good player um, because that dude is going to score with basketball. Like, there any concerns that we talked about with Cade in terms of how he scores, there is none of that with Jalen yeah. Green. Like, that dude is going to be one of the best athletes in the league. The second he steps on the court, he's going to be able to get around almost anybody. You know, he's going to be able to get a shot off against anybody. So I'm really high on him. I think that as far as his impact on, you know, winning, it might take him a few years to get there. I think Levine was the same type way. Like, obviously, Levine, he's way further ahead of Levine from an offensive standpoint when Levine got into the league. But No, but I think that's a fair. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the comp. You know, and you would hope that, like, you know, he could go to a situation that he can develop defensively a little bit better, um, which maybe not the Houston Rockets <laughs> in that regard. But um, I really like Jalen Green. I'm not overly concerned about him, other than just like, you know, maybe he doesn't develop into this like high level winning player because he doesn't ever defend at a great level, right? You know. Yeah. But really, offensively, I don't. I don't really have many concerns about him. You know, like you're not going to make him a point guard. He's not a point guard. He's not going to like distribute yeah. your offense. But like he is going to be a matchup nightmare because he's going to score 25 a game. You know, pretty easily. So yeah. I'm pretty. I, I like that in a player. How about Jalen Suggs? Uh, I think Jalen Suggs um, is a guy who's going to work really hard on both ends. He's going to defend. He's going to shoot. He's going to pass. I think he. Um, I think the thing with Suggs is that he might just never be a star. Like he might right. just be this for the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, which I think is fine. I think that's enough to play in the NBA, but yeah. it might be significantly less than you wanted out of a top five pick. Right. So one of the things with Suggs that confuses me a little bit is that people. I think have undersold, I think his ceiling a little bit because Mm -hmm. like, you know, everybody agrees like, Oh, he's going to be a good NBA player. But like, what's his ceiling? He doesn't have the Jalen green ceiling. He doesn't have the K Cunningham ceiling. And I think I disagree with that Yeah. because like, first of all, I think the dude is, he's definitely a point guard, you know, and there's no size concerns for him as a point guard. He's super strong. He's six, four He's athletic enough. Yeah. But I, I think his ceiling, like, I see a guy that if he becomes a high-level shooter, like, what the hell are you going to do with him? Right. You know? And this is, I think, the difficulty with evaluating his ceiling is that he's, like, a five-tool guy. Um, right. He, he Coming into the league, like, there's not really a question mark about 
any of his skills other than like maybe shooting um and so as a result you're like well okay well if he's really good at all of these things then he's gonna be the best player in the fucking league like <laughs> right so you have to say like well okay well maybe he's just he just stays this yeah yeah right yeah and like you know his shooting hasn't been amazing i do have a, a question though <laughs> a theory if you will so this is a guy that in high school was, you know, it's been mentioned over and over again, Mr. Football, Mr. Basketball. He played football and basketball. He was a high-level football player. So, like, this is a guy that what I when I hear that, I'm like, so this guy wasn't focused on basketball year-round, right? Yeah. You know, like, so wouldn't that, like, shooting being the kind of skill that it is to where really it's a repetition type thing, mm-hmm. you know? What did he I don't play think, in football, by the way? He was a quarterback. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would have to go watch film of him to know how that was affecting him. But, like, part of being a football player is that you're beat the shit up all the time. Yeah. So his off seasons, he probably wasn't in a situation where he could comfortably take um, a million, a million jump, shots. jump shots. Yeah. So, like, my, my idea is, like, if he gets into a situation where it's just basketball all the time, it's the NBA, like, why wouldn't he get better at shooting? Yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of my thought. And like if that dude gets to where he's a pull up three threat on pick and rolls, he's going to be a terror to defend. Yeah. And he's going to be a high level defensive player. And the dude is like, you know, everything that we mentioned about Evan Mobley mentality wise, he is not that he yeah. is a freaking psycho, you know, like that <laughs> dude will kill you. And I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm not saying he's rust from a mentality standpoint, but like. There are shades of that. You know, he has this mentality. He's going to try and murder you. So, which is what I think you want in a point guard. Yeah. Especially, you know, that kind of guy. So, I'm, I really like Jalen Sucks, you know, and it is wild to me that, like, you know, there is a scenario that he could fall to the Thunder at six. And if he falls to the Thunder at six, like, he's who I would have wanted the Thunder to take it to. So, like, I'm more, like, that would be just like, dream scenario like absolutely nothing could be better than that if if he falls to the thunder at six so um do you want to let, let's do that like our dream scenario for the thunder at 6 16 and 18 i think it's we both agree it's probably that jalen green falls to us at yeah. six jalen green falls to six um i don't think my 16 and 18 dreams are realistic because my okay. dreams would be Book Knight and Moody. I think okay. what's more likely is you trade 16 and 18 up to get one of those two guys. Yeah, one of those guys. Preferably Moody if we get sucks. And yeah, okay. So for my I, – I think that that would – I would love to trade up to get Moses Moody or, like you said, James Book Knight. I'm a huge fan of both guys. But if we're talking about staying at 16 and 18 – I I would love for Alperin Sangoon to be there at 16 or 18 for I us. I almost feel like Book Knight is more likely to be there than Sangoon. But I, I think that's possible. But, you know, you could just, you know, like the kind of player that Alperin Sangoon is, like you could just see teams getting a little weirded out by that. Yeah. I mean, know? I'm a little weirded out by it. I am too. Like, and I'm not, I'm not taking that dude to six. I really no. like him. I'm not taking that guy at six. Hell no. 
Uh, but if we're talking about we get our guy in Jalen Suggs, like take a swing on Alperin Shangun. Like yeah. him, him running pick and rolls with Shea and Jalen Suggs, like he could be just this ridiculous offensive player. Um, and then like at a certain point, I don't even care if you get played off in the playoffs, you know, like you're, you're going to, you're going to put up 20 and 10 for the entire regular season. That's, that's good for me. And it's not going to be every matchup. He's going to get played off the court. Like that's not a, that's not a huge problem to me. Um, and then, I mean, the ESPN mock has us getting Moses Moody (laughs) at 18, which I think is wild. The, the evaluations of book and Moody are insane. Um, yeah. I don't understand why they aren't considered the seventh and eighth best players in this draft, at least. Yeah, I'm I'm with that as well. Um, but yeah, if we could if we could somehow get Moses Moody at 18, Shangun at 16, and Jalen Suggs at six, that would be yeah, that would be basically a perfect draft from me. Be un unreal, just unfreaking believable. Um, that's that's like the dream scenario that we're gonna we'll throw out there, but. Um, I, I don't think that that's overly – I don't think Shangun or Moody will be there. But like I said, 7-22 to 22 is super flat, you know. And, like, you could see guys that you think are going to go top 10 fall somehow, you know. And that would be – it wouldn't floor me if that were the case. So um, what other guys do you like in that, that 16 to 18 range? Um, Maybe a little more realistic, I guess. Yeah. I like Usman Garuba. Um, yeah, I saw I saw an absolutely insane. It was a list. It was some guy's list of the top like fifty prospects across the next four years. Uh, and he actually had Garuba above Scotty Barnes, which I thought was wild. Um, but I like Usman Garuba. Um, I don't hate the idea, especially if we get expect. Part of this is like if we land Suggs at six, everything else is gravy for me. Yeah. So 100%. I wouldn't be mad at all if we drafted like Josh Giddy. Um, right. Um, or even a guy like Cameron Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like if we get Suggs at six, I'm going to feel like we won the freaking championship. Yeah. So it's like, who cares? Who cares right. what else happens? But. Um, with, with Garuba, I'm, I I really like him too. The, the thing with Garuba is that I do feel like him, him and Scotty Barnes are like relatively similar. Yeah. You know, I mean, Barnes is like definitely a more advanced offensive player, but just talking Barnes is a, like a much higher level passer. Right. But like, so Garuba could be the kind of guy that like if you don't get Barnes at six, maybe that's the guy you take at 16 yeah. or 18 because he is this like crazy switchable, unbelievable defender that, you know, could just solve a lot of your problems defensively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play him with Poku like that'd be fantastic together. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a huge fan of that guy. Um a couple of guys that I, I really like in terms of maybe not necessarily – I don't think anybody's going to be like throwing a party if we get these guys at 16 and 18, but I really like them. But Jaden Springer, mm-hmm. do you know anything about Jaden Springer? Uh, Have you done your, really. your research? Okay, well, let me, let me, let me describe to you Jaden Springer. Okay? First of all, one of the younger players in the draft, 
So there's, you know, there's that like extra added little bit of upside that you could think of. He's a point guard ish, kind of a combo type guy, six, four, 202 pounds, super strong, extremely high level defender. Biggest concerns with him are his shooting, but he shot like 44% from three this year at, at Tennessee on low volume. Still some concerns from him as a shooter. I see a guy that could wind up being this kind of like, you know, it's funny that we're going to throw him out here, but Drew Holiday or <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon-esque mm-hmm. player. And like, I would love like that kind of guy next to Shea is like ideal. Yeah. You know, not, I mean, obviously probably shouldn't take him if you get Suggs, but I don't think we're actually going to get Suggs. I think that's just like a, a dream scenario that we'll go with. But right. like if you get Barnes or Kaminga and then you go and you get this point guard that has a little little upside that fits perfectly next to Shea, I think that's I think that's the guy right there. Um, and then the, another guy that I really really like in that range is um, let me find him. I actually kind of like Isaiah Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's you know maybe not the kind of traditional player that I would like because he is a center ish, you know, he's pretty small. Like he's like 6'10, 200 pounds, you know, it's very Evan Mobley esque, but he does have like a seven, five wingspan. Like he's, so he's very long. Yeah. You know, he's been, he's been compared to, to Nerland's Noel. I think that's been a pretty natural comparison for him, but he seems like he could be a pretty mobile defender that blocks shots. And then offensively fills a pretty simple role, you know, where he's just a role man, yeah. Um, and I, I just think that, like, if you get a guy like that in the middle of the first round, he could be your starting center at some point. And that's, right. to me, a worthy swing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's valid. One thing about this draft is and maybe this is just my foible. Um is I do feel like the back end of this draft is loaded with guys that you could plug in at center and be like, sure, we'll try this. Um, yeah. Like, um, and the, because the Thunder do have three picks in the second, um, including two high second round picks. They got 34 and 36. Um, what about in that range? What are you feeling in that range? So my guys for like the early second round, I'm a really big fan of Isaiah Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he might slip into the late first round. He's a guy that like he was super highly recruited coming out of high school. He went to the G League and he had a I thought he had a pretty good year um, mm-hmm. numbers wise. Like he I think he averaged like 11 or 13 points and shot like 36 percent from three. And like he has a legitimate like post-up game where he hits tough shots in that range. Mm-hmm. So, you know, could definitely wind up being a guy that like falls in love with that and only wants to do that. And that's not good. You don't want that. But I think if he is like developed correctly, like I see a kind of Marcus Morris type player. Um, and those, you always need guys like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, um. And then I'm not going to give you, I'll, I'll let you have friends. Okay. Um, I'll let you. About, I could. The thing is, I'm talking about friends. It almost feels like an inevitability at this point that the Thunder are going to draft friends. <laughs> um, right. 
Yeah. But, but another guy. The other second round guy, like he scares the absolute hell out of me. And he's the kind of guy that like I'm only willing to take him because it would be the second round and we have a ton of picks. But BJ Boston. Yeah. I mean, like this guy was a top ten player, pretty consensus coming into his year at Kentucky. And how many freaking guys have we seen go to Kentucky, look like shit? And then come to the NBA and play really well and do stuff that they just never showed while they were at Kentucky. It's a a pretty impressive list at this point that we're getting to. Um, Brandon Boston was overall pretty terrible when he was at Kentucky. Like he wasn't really good at anything. Um, But in high school, like the thought was he's like the six, 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 seven guard wing type that has really good handle. He can shoot off the dribble. Like that was his kind of archetype as a player. And like, that sounds like a good NBA player to me, you know, like if he develops and does the right stuff and like, you know, the thunder are a, their development team. That's what they do. They develop players. So I think it would be a great place for him to wind up is Oklahoma city. Um, I mean, again, he might, he might be worse than Terrence Ferguson. Who knows? But right. I think it's a, a worthy swing because you might wind up getting a guy that like vastly outperforms his draft, his draft spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of guys who might vastly outperform their draft spot, um, we have reached the part of the podcast where we have to talk about Vrenz Blyenberg, who um, a, I think it was an NBA draft junkies video called the next Poku. A weird sentence. Um, right. <laughs> Poku. We is... don't even know what we don't even know what Poku is. Right. And exactly. There's already a next one. <laughs> so six um, ten, uh, sort of point forward out of Belgium. Um, he's twenty years old, which is actually not as old as I thought it was. Um, <laughs> but still, not exactly the same as Poku who was, you know, turned 19 um, the day after Christmas of his first season. Um, And he's, yeah, he's, um, he's shown uh, advanced playmaking for his size and an ability to shoot it maybe. And that's, yeah, you know, defense, who knows, who cares? Um, He's (laughs) 6'10". Um, yeah, I, I I would I'm fine with the idea of drafting friends in the second. Um, yeah. I would really hate it if we spent like 16 on him. Um, right. Yeah, I again, you know, to me with second round picks, like as long as we don't take like Luca Garza, who is just not going to play in the NBA at a at a high level at all, like just the slow center. As long as we don't take another Dakari Johnson, I guess is what I would yeah. say. Like I'm pretty fine with whoever we go with. Um, to me, Vrenz Blindberg, like he is, he has like, he's 6'11 or 6'10, 6'11 with, mm-hmm. you know, seven, one wingspan and he handles the hell out of the ball. Like he is a guy that truly was essentially his point, the point guard for his team, Yeah, you know? And like, to me at a certain point, we might <laughs> have too many of those guys because we, I mean, apparently we're going to bring in Vic Krejci. And that's what Vic Krejci yeah. is. Yeah. He's a 6'8 point guard. You know, mm-hmm. Poku, you know, he last game of the year, he was a seven-foot point guard out there. At a certain point, you need guys that can do work off the ball um, and defend. 
at a high level. And I, I don't know what I, I, it's hard to really just shoehorn Vin, Vin, Vrenz Blindberg into a role right now. You know, like he would definitely be a guy that you draft because he's super interesting and you just like, all right, we'll figure it out later what he actually is. And I only want so many of those kind of guys on my team, you know, like at a certain point, you've got to like, you've got to shoehorn some guys and have like legitimate role players, you know, and in order for there to be effective development throughout the roster. Right. Um, So let me interest you in maybe another one of those types of guys, Uh, (laughs) which is not really because he's not, we're not talking about the same level of uh, playmaking ability here, but Roko Perkachin, um, who is, I think the youngest player in the draft, Um, six, nine ish power forward playing in Spain. I think he's Serbian. He might be Croatian. Um, and yeah, he's just a guy I think could be like an interesting small ball five in the modern NBA, um, who provides some perimeter, uh, ability to attack the rim and some shooting, some shooting. Uh, yeah, that's another guy. Yeah, like I, his his shooting numbers look okay. Like he only shot sixty two percent from the free throw line, which is yeah. a bit of a concern. But you know, like you know, he would be fine to take in the second round. Like I, you know, we do need bigs. You know, and it, like what I will say is that like you know we've talked about you know the Thunder have no centers on their team. It would be really interesting to me if the Thunder decided they were just going to go with like small ball fives only for just a year. I, yeah. Just Isaiah Roby starting and like, yeah. Roko Pakrachin playing or Usman Garuba, you know, like yeah. all of those guys are like really small centers. And then you just become this like super switchable team that like, you know, that just kind of builds that into their scheme like that. That would be real interesting. And I think Pakrachin would, would fit into that idea. I do worry a little bit about his foot speed. I watched watched some highlights and everything, and mm-hmm. like, he looks like he's a smart basketball player, but he is not. He's not a good athlete. Like he's fine, but yeah. he is not a. I don't think he's like this ridiculous side to side guy right. that is going to be thing, able to switch on everybody. Yeah. The other thing, like looking at him, he already looks pretty big for his size, especially yeah. at his age. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of room to fill out. It looks yeah. like. Um. So um, I do have one more guy that um, in this, a second round guy scares the shit out of me because I actually don't see what's wrong with his game. And that's EJ Ono. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I mean, I, and I know the thing with EJ Ono is the question is whether the shooting this year was fake because it was significantly right. better than last year. Well, so okay. Real, real quick, real quick. Introduce the people to EJ Ono. All right. Okay. EJ Onu, um, of course. Apologies to all the people. EJ Onu, uh, center out of Shawnee State, I think. Yeah, NAIA which school. is NAIA. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, he, um, what's like, what to say? I mean, he's like 6'11. Um, right. He looks big and fast um, for his size. And also, he shot like, 38% or something from three last year. Um, yeah. He's a junior and I think in college. Um, right. Well, and he has like a seven, eight 
Is that the guy? Like I seven, think eight it, I think it's seven six. If it was seven, seven eight, six. that would be insane. That would be like yeah. plus ten. Right, right, right. Okay, so he's got a seven six wingspan. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be gr- a great pick in the second round. And you know what? Pick him, play him next year, and he will not help you win basketball games, and that's fine. Yeah, that is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the you you mentioned the shooting, and like I was a little skeptical, but like yeah, I mean, you mentioned like I think we were talking a while ago and like the free throw shooting is pretty good, right? Like it's, yeah, it's in the seventies. Yeah. Like it, it seems reasonable. Um, yeah. Like I, I think he's going to get drafted for sure. You know, I think that, you know, if the Thunder want to take him early second, like, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst pick in the world, you know, take a swing. Yeah. Take a swing on a guy and you might, you might have Rudy Gobert with the three, right? Like that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, or we could trade these seconds for Mobamba and just roll with that. Mobamba, um, all right, all right. So here's the other. You won't, so you won't give up aspect. on Mobamba, will you? Do what? You won't give up on Mobamba. He's on you? the Magic. I'm not giving up on him. <laughs> That's um, true. Here's the other. Here's the other aspect of this. The Thunder are not going to draft six players, right? Right, right. That's true. The Thunder. Absolutely. They're already adding Vit. So we'd be mm-hmm. introducing seven rookies, which is an awesome way to lose basketball games, and I'd be very for it. Fantastic, but yeah. it would also mean that we would have to literally kick off half the roster. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of thinking that we're going to add four guys from this draft. Like, I think that we'll I – think, I think the odds are better that we do make all three first-round picks mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, trading up is always hard to do in the draft like you need a team that's willing to do it and like theoretically like oh 16 and 18 sounds great but you need a team that is looking to get two first round picks not not every team drafting in the first round wants two more rookies to add to their roster um so that to me is is a little scary but it also becomes difficult if the idea is because you know i've seen people suggest this and i've thought about it too like attaching kemba to those picks to move up Right. The problem with that is that if a team wants Kimba, it's because they want to win. And if a right. team wants draft picks, it's not because of that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that's fair. And so I, I do think it's more likely that they do pick at 16 and 18. I think they made that Al Horford trade and got that pick for a reason. You know, like I think they could have easily said, no, we'd rather have a future pick from you you know, to mm-hmm. Boston if they, if they really wanted it. So, um, and then maybe, and then just one of the early seconds is a guy that they actually pick and they, they look to trade the other guys, you know, you could get, you could probably get maybe two future seconds for one of those early second round picks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that could be a reasonable way to do it, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It would be incredibly unlikely for the thunder to add seven rookies to the next year next year's team yeah even though i would be in full support of it i absolutely fully support the decision i think it'd be great let's bring up the thunder roster and see who we're kicking off i mean i'll just tell you right now i have no problem kicking off ty jerome i know people like ty jerome i do not like ty jerome um he is too unathletic for me to even think about liking I, i don't like guys that are that unathletic um i don't think isaiah roby is a guy that i think needs to be on the team if if we draft a couple of small ball centers like i have no need for isaiah roby in my life 
We're not bringing back Tony Bradley in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we trade Kemba Walker. Um, and yeah, who else? Who else are you seeing there that you think could be on the on the outs? Um, oh, it's hard to tell. I because I don't remember who actually has a contract anymore. Um, probably don't bring back Mike if we're bringing in seven rookies. We would have to re-sign <laughs> him anyways. Right. Yeah. Um, other guys on the outside. Um, Deck. I don't know what the deal is with Gabriel Deck. I don't know what we would yeah. do. Get rid of Gabe Deck. We don't need that guy. He's a he's a, a wing that likes to post up. Like I I don't need that in my life. You know. No, he's gonna he's gonna take it to Team USA. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Svi, he's out. We don't yeah. need Svi. Charlie Brown, not a real yeah, player. Obviously. Yeah. You know, like Josh Hall, not important. Jalen Horde, nope. No. Yeah. Obviously. Ty Jerome out. Mike Muscala, don't need yeah. him. I think the only guy here where I look at it and I say I would like to, I would I wouldn't like to just toss him out, even though I don't really think he has a future on the Thunder, is Kenrich. Yeah, absolutely. Because Keep I Kenrich. think he's a valuable trade chip. I agree. I agree. I think Kenrich showed enough this year. He shot it well enough. So that brings like guys that I'm like, okay, they probably are gonna be on the roster. They need to be on the roster. Kenrich Williams, we'll say Kemba for now, Poku, Teo Maladon. Shea, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley. That is awesome. seven, seven basketball players. Plenty of room to bring in seven rookies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, and then one of these guys gets to live. That's so nice. Yeah. Plenty. It'll be Charlie Brown. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of room. And then you still got your two-way spot. I mean, you can have up to 17 guys with the two-way spots. Yeah. You yeah. know? And presumably you would put some of the – rookies in the two-way spots but. yeah sure some of those second round picks so like i mean i don't know what the problem is you know i don't That's need fair. let's just dump yeah. some guys by the way everybody should go on nba.com and look at the thunders roster just to look at tony bradley's roster pick because it makes him look like he's like four feet wide <laughs> it's true it does it really does he is a large person yes like just a very big guy um yeah like i like the the team is so like people have I've heard people talk about this a lot like well there there could be up to eleven guys if they bring back the I'm like why do you want these guys back yeah, why do you like care about Tony like the Bradley worst basketball team in the history of the game like, yeah why do you care about Tony Bradley why do you care about Gabe Deck yeah you know like I, I'll I hear saw an somebody argument. say that Tony Bradley has real potential and I'm not sure why they said that I don't know what they no. saw. He doesn't. He doesn't have potential. He has. He's going to go to Europe. He's going to be great over there. But he's not an NBA guy. You know, like I, nah. Like let's bring in seven rookies. Let's just do it. You know, and I think that that would truly be a way that we could tank to the, for next season. Because I do. I mean, we've. I think we talked last time. Like it's, we're going to lose some games next year. Um, I don't. I don't care how good Shea is. Like he can't do it by himself. You yeah, know. Well, we and saw that put, this year. Right, and so if you if you put him out there with four rookies, he's he's gonna get pretty frustrated, yeah. and they're gonna lose a lot of basketball games. But it'll be great. So, um, let's okay. Now that we have talked about plenty of guys that we like, I want to talk about our nightmare scenario, mm-hmm. our realistic nightmare. Not like, oh, OKC decided they wanted. I don't know. 
Zaire Williams at six. Like that, that to me is not realistic, but like our realistic nightmare scenario, like guys that we just don't like at six, 16 and 18. Right. Um, I don't want us to draft anybody with the last name Johnson. <laughs> so you're saying Jalen Johnson and Keon Johnson are, right. are not guys that you right. like, which I don't think, I don't think the thunder would draft Keon Johnson at six. Um, yeah. Honestly, I like the nightmare scenario at six, and this is really stupid. It's Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Um, it feels silly to say, but right. Unless can they I throw, do something really stupid and draft like Davion Mitchell. Can I throw a, a name that I I don't think it's impossible that Sam Presti would fall in love with? I could see a world that Sam Presti takes Josh Giddy at six. At six, and I would hate it. Yeah, I would hate it a lot. I would hate it a lot. But he's, but I, I, he's a modern Thunder guy. Yeah, yeah. So as far as like, you know, realistic nightmares, Kaminga is the most likely. And that's not a bad pick. It's probably who I would take at six if he's there. If he's the sixth guy out of the first couple tiers there at six, I'd probably just go ahead and take him. I do like Book Knight a lot. I, I even like Moses Moody at six, but yeah. I'm probably not taking Moses Moody over Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Because the reality there. is, I really don't like, this is the thing about Kaminga, is it's kind of a question of like, what does he actually do? Right. What does he do? Like, <clears throat> he, he is just all potential, man. That's all he is. Like, yeah. and that might go really, really well. And we might have Jalen Brown on our hands. And I would love to have Jalen Brown on our basketball team. Absolutely. You know, like he is a ridiculous athlete. He has shown flashes of doing everything you need to do on a basketball court to be a star. He's shown those in flashes. He's also shown everything you need to be playing in Europe or China in more than flashes. So, like, it's... It is a terrifying pick, but it I think it's a worthy swing for where Oklahoma City is. Um, what about what about sixteen? I think the Johnsons they can remain. Like we we would you? What about drafting Keon Johnson at sixteen? How would you feel about that? I would still feel I would still be really annoyed. Um, okay. Because if though I mean it would depend on who was left probably, but ultimately yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that would be a smart pick. Yeah. I think there are guys you can get there who fit what the Thunder are trying to do now um, way better. Right. Yeah, He. The, the reality is, like, the dude's an elite athlete that doesn't look like an elite athlete on the basketball court. You yeah. Know? Like, he has ridiculous, you know, testing numbers. He's amazing in that regard. But, like, the reality is when you watch him play basketball, it's like, where is that? Yeah. You I know? mean, we traded the slam dunk guys. Right. The homies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's it's this team anymore. Right. And I'm happy about that. So I wouldn't like to go back to it. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. Um, so a guy that I would, I would hate at 16 or 18 is Corey Kispert. I don't, yeah. I don't want to watch Corey Kispert play. He's old. He's not very he's he's moderately athletic. He's not a bad athlete, but I he's not great. Like that dude, he was victimized by the Baylor guards in the national championship. He was victimized by UCLA's guys. 
defensively. I don't need that. And then offensively, he's a good shooter, but that's fine. Like I, I want my guys to do more than just knock down shots, honestly. Yeah. You know, I've never been one of those guys that's like, oh, we've got to get who, whoever the best shooter is, we got to get him. Like I, that's not me. Like wasn't a big Anthony Morrow fan when he played for Oklahoma City and he was a great shooter. Like I want guys that can shoot it but also defend at a pretty high level. I want guys that can do other things, you know. And maybe that's a flaw in how I view basketball. Maybe shooting is more important than I think it is, but like I just want more from my guys. Well, I just I think there are other guys who could shoot. Right. You no. Know? And maybe they can't shoot as well on catch and shoot threes as Corey Kispert. But mm-hmm. I think they can do good enough and can also do other things. And yeah. I want guys on this team who can do multiple things. Absolutely. All right. And then another guy that I just, I don't want to, Sharif Cooper. I'm out. I'm out on Sharif Cooper. Um, this is a guy that, and he measured at 6'3 and a half at the combine. I still think that is a mistake. Like, he's not that big. He's like 6'1, probably. And. Like he's probably going to be a liability, a liability defensively. He's an unbelievable passer. He's an unbelievable playmaker. But if you're going to be a terrible defensive player, I don't. We have Shea to be our unbelievable playmaker yeah. right now. You I, know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just, I don't, I don't see it with Sharif Cooper. He's not a good shooter. His shot also, like, is just weird, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not sure he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to get it off at you know just anytime he wants even if he becomes a better shooter because he's like doesn't really jump on his three-point attempts which is weird um so like yeah i just i don't see it with sharif cooper at all you know but you know so that would probably you know if we if we wind up with kaminga kispert and sharif cooper i'm not gonna be feeling great no that would suck that would suck i agree about sharif cooper i think the thing with sharif cooper is you look at a guy who physically is the exact opposite of him, like Ben Simmons, right? Who is an incredible playmaker. I, I say incredible. That I feel like that skill has now become overblown for him. because uh, it. But the mm-hmm. thing being, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, on the offensive end, he can't shoot. And he's seven feet tall. This guy's like six feet tall. <laughs> right. It's a problem. It is. It is absolutely a problem. And he's just – he's a bad defensive player. Right. You know? Whereas so like, Ben Simmons is a DPOY candidate. Right. So, like, this guy needs to be, like, all-NBA offensive player type in order to be a positive on the court, you know? Like right. If, you know, unless he's just going to be, like, a backup point guard that plays 15 minutes a game, right. you know, which right. I, I don't want to be taking swings on guys like that. I, it's, don't, yeah. I don't care I mean, about those guys. Trey Young. I, I think we were in agreement that Trey Young's best skill coming out coming into the league was playmaking, actually, not right. a shooting. Right. Um, if Sharif Cooper is as good a playmaker as Trey Young, it won't matter if he can't shoot. Exactly. Like he he'll be a decent backup point guard if that's the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not trying to take a defensive liability backup point guard at sixteen or eighteen. No, we have Ty Jerome, thank you. Right, exactly. Exactly. So um, so anyways, that kind of, I think, kind of sheds a light on, on some guys that we like, some guys that we don't like. Um, 
there, there are a lot more guys that I do like. I really, I mean, there's several guys we didn't mention today that I, I still like, yeah, if we take him at 16 or 18, great. Yeah. You know, at six, what, what's real quick, like one through four, how you, what, it, what would you want the thunder to do? Assuming Suggs isn't there. So let's start with Barnes, Kaminga, like that that kind of okay. range. So the top five in this is Cunningham, or we'll say the top four is Cunningham, Mobley, Green, and Suggs, and then the Magic forgot to pick, and so we get yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I was no way to know who they would take between right to me between Barnes and Kaminga. I think I would take. I think I would go Barnes, Kaminga. And then at that point, um, it gets really scary. Probably Moody. I, I like. I would say Moody Book Night, but I know those guys are going to be available later. So part of yeah. me wants to say Shingun, who I don't think might be. Right. So I, I would go Kaminga, one, Barnes two. Book Night three, Moody four, um, and yeah, beyond that, like I, there's a pretty steep drop off for me beyond that. I've I've realized I really like eight guys in this draft. Yeah, and then beyond that, it's like, eh, that's fine. Everybody from yeah. seven or from nine to twenty five for me is like whatever. You know? Well, but the other aspect of that is that the eight guys you like are spread like through like yeah. one to thirty across everybody's list, and they're in completely different places on everybody's list. Exactly, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, th- those are the kind of four guys. And the reason I have Kaminga ahead of Barnes is that just like if he hits, yeah, that's a much bigger deal than if Scotty Barnes hits, in my opinion. You know, Scotty Barnes, I think, is going to be a really good player. I really like Scotty Barnes. I won't be mad if we take him. Um, but at the end of the day, if Jonathan Kaminga hits and he shoots it well and just develops in a the way that Thunder seem to develop players, like you might have an all-star, perennial all-star scoring wing. There's not a more valuable skill set in the NBA right now. Yeah. You know, and... Scotty Barnes, if he hits, you've got this like super weird guy that could play one through five guards, one through five, you know, that still is somewhat of a liability in the playoffs offensively. Yeah. You know, and that's with him hitting, you know, so that to me is a little bit scary. So I, I, I lean Kaminga book nights, a bucket Moses Moody's like a, he has like a super high floor, can shoot it he's already a two level scorer and he, i think he has the potential to become a three level guy so yeah um that's my kind of thought process there um do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about today um i don't think so um no i think I, oh yeah covers it. oh I, real quick it. real quick so the thunder just as a result of having the ridiculous amount of assets that they have, they're going to be linked to every person ever in trade talks. Mm -hmm. And one of the names kind of being thrown around right now is Colin Sexton. Um, Have you seen, have you seen the biggest 
the rumor with him today. It's not Thunder related, but have you seen the the place with him? No. What's the deal? It was with the Knicks, and it was them sending Obi Toppin, oh. Kevin Knox, <laughs> and one of their firsts for Colin Sexton. And I'm like, I'm not sure anybody wins. In no, this. that sucks. That sucks for everybody. Yeah, because um, like, what does what does Cleveland have use of Obi Toppin? You know, right. like, why do they need Obi Toppin? Kevin Knox is not an NBA right. player right now. Yeah, you know, and like. You're going to put Colin Sexton with Tibbs? Yeah. That's your idea? Mm-hmm. That seems like a bad one. You know, maybe maybe Tibbs gets him to defend, but he hasn't done it yet. He has yeah. not defended yet. Um, so that scares the hell out of me. I do kind of like Colin Sexton. Um, and, like, if the deal was right, I wouldn't hate OKC swinging on him. Like, he yeah. would be, like, a super weird you know, just swing to make, you know, like I, I think he could play with Shea pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, um, Shea can play with anybody. Um, and I think, you know, it would be fine. I don't, Colin Sexton's not the guy I would want next to Shea though. I, I don't want a small guy next to Shea I, same. because I think it limits what Shea does. And it also limits what you can do with Shea and Dort on the court at the same time with that small guy. Right. Also, I mean, just defensively, that's not a good backcourt. No, it's not. Yeah. And, I mean, Colin Sexton is not a great defender, and he can only defend once. Um, yeah. He's, he's not a good defender, and he can only defend once, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't – I would make the deal, but, like, it, it's not it's not something that I look at and I would, I'm just, like, disgusted by. You know, like, I would be interested in what it would actually wind up looking like, I yeah. guess is what I would say. But – um, yeah, I just think that, that there's going to be a lot of rumors thrown around with the Thunder. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, like, apparently Philly is actually opening up trade talks with Ben Simmons, and that's becoming known. And so that's mm-hmm. interesting to me. I mean, obviously, I don't think OKC is a player there, but, like, yeah, that would be that's a big domino to fall if, if right. they actually that's, pull the trigger on will, a Simmons trade. That will shake things up. That might ultimately create a landing spot for Kemba, for instance. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I think that's probably where we should end it then. Huh? Yeah, I agree. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the Oklahoma drill recorded for the first time on zoom. How about that? We, we made it to 2020 in terms of podcast technology. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Um, follow us on Twitter at Perd underscore Happily or at RW Maxi. And we'll see you again pretty soon, probably before the draft with one more thing. We're tr- we'll try and get an episode with Sam on so we can defend Corey Kispert's honor. Um, and yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see you guys soon.